Of all our disciple-making podcasts, which are all designed to build kingdom principles in order to make prevailing Christians and prevailing churches, of all our kingdom podcasts, of all these these disciple-making podcasts, this one may be the most foundation of all. Seven Costs of Discipleship. And all seven of these come from the words of Jesus. Now think about it. Jesus said, he gave this ultimate commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Make disciples of all nations. That is our marching order. That's why as a church, the heart of our mission statement is to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Um, to be fully devoted disciples of Christ and to to make uh, disciples. And God wants each one of us to be disciple makers. This is clearly the revealed word of God. But now, during Jesus' earth ministry, the three years, he made seven statements of requirements to anyone who would be his disciples. So these seven are absolutely foundational, essential, non-negotiable for us. These should be what shape our thinking. These seven costs of discipleship. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in a, a generation ago was a tremendous Christian thinker and influencer. He wrote the book, The Cost of Discipleship. In it, he defined the difference between cheap grace and costly grace. Everything flows by grace in the kingdom of God. In the church of Jesus Christ, everything flows by grace. We love grace, we need grace. But he strategically pointed out a distinction between cheap grace, easy believism, um, which is completely a watering down of the blood of Jesus. It, It diminishes the price Jesus paid for my forgiveness and for my redemption. That's cheap grace. Cheap grace has no expectations. Cheap grace does not change anyone. Cheap grace is a watered-down, knock-off variety of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Costly grace, on the other hand, first of all, recognizes the ultimate cost that Jesus paid for my salvation and for yours. So the cost of discipleship doesn't start with us. It's not that we earn it. It's not that, that we have to pay the price. But when we recognize the cost that Jesus paid for our salvation, then we are willing to pay any cost as we appropriately respond to the price that Jesus paid. So that's the basis of this teaching today. Seven costs of discipleship. And let me go through them twice. Number one, and this is the first time we're gonna go through them. Number one, a supreme love for Jesus. Jesus said in Luke 14, 26, if anyone comes after me and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. See, there it is. This is a cost of discipleship. 
And it's, it, it, so he ends by saying, he cannot be my disciple. This is an absolute requirement, a supreme love for Jesus. Number two, denial of self. Now th- this one and the next two after it, this is the second cost of discipleship. So the second, the third, and the fourth all come from the same scripture. It's Matthew 16, 24. So Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself. So this second cost of discipleship is deny yourself. The third, a deliberate choosing of the cross. And the next words Jesus says is, and take up his cross. So taking up the cross is not a negotiable. It is not a a peripheral issue. It's not a secondary matter. It's a a must. Uh, Taking up the cross is expected of everyone who comes after Christ and follows Christ. Number four is following, intentionally following Christ. And so to wrap up Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, Jesus said, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So this whole matter of following after Jesus is entirely essential as disciples. Hallelujah. And then the fifth cost of discipleship is love for fellow followers of Christ. And John 13, 35 says, by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. This is a mark. It's the cost. Um, Loving others. And we're going to come back to this. Number six, continuing in his word, primarily his written word. And so Jesus uh, said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. And so here, clearly, the call is to follow Christ by continuing in his word. It's a mark. It's a mark. Then you are truly my disciples uh, by continuing, abiding in his word. And the seventh is forsaking all, forsaking all. And this comes from Luke 14, 33. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has, and here, listen to the words, cannot be my disciple. So the renouncing of all, the forsaking of all, is absolutely uh, an essential cost of discipleship, the cost of costly grace. Cheap grace has no cost. And again, the cost does not mean that we earn it. This is something we have to pay in order to qualify. But this is the appropriate response when God smacks us, infuses us with his costly grace it becomes the logical response that any cost is really nothing in comparison 
to the cost that Jesus paid for us. So now, let's review. Number one, Mark, a supreme love for Jesus. A, a number two, denial of self. Three, deliberately choosing the cross. Four, following Christ. Five, love for the followers of Christ. Six, continuing in his word. And seven, forsaking or renouncing all. The seven costs of discipleship. Now, just so there's no misunderstanding, I want to clarify. Number one, where, where Jesus is calling us for a supreme love for himself. He says, if anyone does not hate his father, mother, wife, children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Let me make two observations. Number one, this is not calling for self-hatred. It's not calling for an aggressive hatred of parents. What it's calling for is such a radical love for Christ that any other love would seem like hatred in comparison. That's what it's, what, what's being called for here. In addition, the, the key here comes down to the last phrase, and even his own life. The fact of the matter is, the reason we may, uh, we may tip the balance of being more concerned about pleasing our family members than pleasing Christ, and in that regard, loving them more than we love him, the, 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 the bottom line of that is because we really love ourselves. It's self-love, the twisted self-love of infatuation, of egotism, of pride, of rebellion. That is, is, is a root of evil that Jesus deals with and leads us in repentance. And every follower of Christ must repent of that. The, the second, denial of self. Um, I'll never forget sitting with Chuck Colson and my dad in my parents' living room. When Chuck was, he was so brilliant. Uh, he, as you recall, was part of the Nixon-Watergate issue, and he was a leader uh, with President Nixon at the time, and then he was radically converted. But one of the most brilliant men I've ever heard, in fact, um, one of my brilliant professors at graduate school actually flew to Washington, D.C. to mentor Chuck Colson um, for, for years, every week, at his own expense. Anyway, uh, Chuck Colson said something like this. Um, New Age tells you to be yourself. Uh, Confucian tells you to find yourself. Um, hedonists tell you to gratify yourself. But only Jesus Christ dares to say, deny yourself. I just thought, wow, what a statement, what a statement, what a statement. Um, deny yourself. This is not self-hatred. This is, is deeper than, than, than that. Self-hatred is superficial. But, but what this is calling for, it's a throwing off of our old self, that dirty, rotten scoundrel that is rooted to, to original sin and had no hope of ever pleasing God, lives in rebellion against God, that's the self that needs to die. And that leads to the third mark, which is deliberately choosing the cross. In fact, elsewhere in Luke's gospel, 
Luke recorded Jesus saying, take up your cross daily and follow me. What this is talking about is saying no to the old self. Now, Jesus died and his blood uh, covers all of our sin and provides, provides new life. But now that we receive the free gift of eternal life in Christ, now there are daily choices for us to make to put Jesus first. And that's what this is talking about. Choosing the cross, laying down our own preferences, our own sin nature in, in preference to choosing uh, the will of God. And then number four, following Christ. There's an intentionality here. There's a continuity. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And that's what this is affirming. Then the fifth one, love for the followers of Christ. The fact is, uh, when we're saved, we love the, the groom, who is Jesus, and we love the bride, which is the church. If you love the groom, you're going to love the bride. You, you, there's no way you can say, I, I love Jesus, I, can't, I hate the church. It's, that, it's totally inconsistent. It doesn't work that way. And in heaven, that's, that, that's not going to be tolerated, and it shouldn't be today. God wants to heal our wounds, if there have been wounds uh, uh, that have been perpetrated by the church, but he wants us to be uh, healed to where we can minister life and blessing to all in the church. To love the church is part of uh, uh, following Christ. Uh, number six, the continuing in his word. Uh, this is such an essential element for us as disciples of Christ. To recognize that part of, of our obedience, part of our pursuing Christ, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The written word uh, primarily. God wants us to be students of the word. He wants us to be in the, in the Bible, uh, reading it, memorizing it, meditating on it, feeding on it, chewing on it, obeying it, living it. Hallelujah. And then the final one is, is renouncing all. Now, this may sound radical, and it, well, I mean, it is radical. If it doesn't sound radical, there's something wrong. But the heart of this is, is, again, it's similar to the first one. Um, that, that, that the first one, the supreme love for Jesus. And the seventh one, renouncing all. This, this closes the loop. This takes us back to where we began. If Christ, if we know Christ, we should value Christ more than anything. So much so, that anything he asks from us, we would be willing to relinquish at the drop of a hat. Uh, if it's selling a car, if it's selling our home and moving into an apartment, whatever it is, downsizing, upsizing, whatever he, we, we are asked to do in obedience to him, that should be a simple decision because we've already given it all to him. We know Psalm 24, that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it, and we're willing to follow him regardless. These are the seven cornerstones of what it is to be disciple makers. It's the seven costs of discipleship. And as you live out your calling, live them, live out your calling according to these seven marks. God bless you.